1: All right, and we're back for another edition of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford for Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, inside sports, fantasy, football, and game source. Thank you so much for being a part of all of our connected shows. It's a great time indeed for me, and I know my guest as well, because the NBA season is now upon us. It's this week, we're just so excited for it. And it all starts off with some great games on Tuesday, including a matchup with our two favorite teams, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers because yes he is a Los Angeles Clippers fan and in one in a way I am happy for him because as a long-standing Clippers fan he's had to go ahead and ride that roller coaster of things going back and forth when it concerns the Clippers franchises from the extreme lows to now the extreme highs and I'm so happy for him in that sense as a good friend Although, as a Lakers fan, I'm not exactly thrilled about that end of it. But you know what? It's, it's neither here nor there. And some great conversation each and every year when I talk to him and whenever he gives us updates of what's going on in the NBA. It is my good friend. It is a good man indeed. It is Anthony Barberin. And Anthony, just great to have you back on the program.
0: Yeah, it's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, All
1: right. Yeah, As i was talking about. You've got me. that Tyson Chandler look, and I'll tell you, it looks good on you, my friend. It looks good Thank on you. Thank
0: you very much. Thank you very All much. All
1: right, there you go. Hopefully, you'll be able to score more points than he will for the Houston Rockets. <laughs> And and you heard about that contract with Nene. I don't know what was going on. That was some chicanery sort of stuff that was going on. But uh, now they can't play him more than 10 games this season. So they really put themselves in a the bind. So Tyson better pull through as far as the backup center is concerned.
0: Yeah, I, I think he'll fit. I mean, they still have. I think know. they've
1: got Hartenstein, the kid Hartenstein as well. I'm
0: trying to think the center they gave a, a contract to a few years back. Oh, Capella. Capella, Clint Capella.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, they got him up front, but as, oh, yeah, as a backup, him. if he gets hurt or anything like that, yeah, it's, uh right. you can't play Nene. You can't play Nene. <laughs>
0: right.
1: But it is going to be a great NBA season, and we're going to be watching more N- Nene Hilario out there because, you know, you can't catch him more than 10 games, but it is going to be a great season. We're going to be following his Clippers and my Lakers all season long. There's going to be a lot of anticipation for what those teams and other teams are doing this year because... For the first time since I've been talking to Anthony, we don't have to talk about, you know, oh, it's going to be the Warriors again, la dee da di da you know, same old, same old, Warriors-Cavs, yeah, Warriors-Warriors, yeah. Warriors-Warriors. Not that this year, because even though the Warriors still have a chance, they certainly have gotten that diminished because of the injuries and, and obviously departure of Kevin Durant and all that. So... I ask you, my friend, we're going to start out with the top eight in the East for you, Eastern Conference picks. We're going to start that way because, you know, we always say the Western Conference, which is the more slightly weighted conference when it comes to power for next. So I want to hear your thoughts first on the Eastern Conference. If you have a top eight to go to right now who are making the playoffs, where would you lean and why?
0: Well, actually, I think for the Eastern Conference, from the way I look at it, I pretty much see it not as far as seeding um, one through eight, but the teams that are going to make it are pretty much the same outside of a few, maybe one tweak, two tweaks. Um, I think Miami might get in and either Brooklyn or Orlando falls out, but I, I, I see from, the, I mean, Milwaukee's going to be in, they got the MVP. Toronto loses Kawhi, but I think they're still a good enough team. They're going to, they're going to be in the playoffs. Philadelphia, Some people think they're going to be better than last year. As far as a whole, I like the Jimmy Butler fit with them last year better than I like the Al Horford fit with them this year. But they're still too talented to not make it. They'll be in there. They'll be a top four seed. I think Boston will surprise some people with Kyrie out of the way, allowing those young guys to actually, you know, be the players that most people thought they were going to be last year. Indiana, they're getting their star back. So... You know, they won 48 games last year. I think they'll still be there. Detroit added Derrick Rose. I think that's going to help. I think they severely lacked on the perimeter. So that takes also some of the ball handling playmaking away from Blake. I think that'll help. And then to me, like I said, I think it's down to Brooklyn and Orlando for that, that final, that seventh spot because I think one of those two will fall out in Miami with Jimmy Butler will will slip in. That's how I see it shaking out.
1: All right, that's a good list for you, my friend. I, I like that list a lot. There's a couple tweaks I would make into it. Milwaukee, I think they've got a team built for the regular season. I see them getting close to, if not 60 wins that they got last year. So I see Milwaukee being still number one as far as the overall Eastern Conference is concerned. Philadelphia will be not too far behind. I think they've really got a solid team. I still think athleticism and shooting is still something they have to worry about, and depth. I think they've still got some issues there, but you can't go wrong when you've got a big three of Joel Embiid, Al Horford, and Ben Simmons. As long as they stay healthy, along with Tobias Harris, I think they're gonna be a good nucleus that are really locked down on the defensive end, so they're number two. Boston, I just think because of the sheer number of talent that they have, they're still going to be around 45, 47 wins. So I'm going to put them around the number three mark for me. I know that's a popular choice. I don't think they have enough in their team anymore, which is kind of funny because you and I have always remarked about the treasure chest of different picks that they had and talent that they had. And over the course of time, the way Danny Ainge has not been able to pull the trigger on that one or two tweaks to get them over the top has been, disappointing I guess for Boston Celtics fans but this will be a make or break year for Boston I still don't see them in their current configuration getting close to the top two in Milwaukee and Philadelphia Brooklyn I think is going to be right on the heels of Boston I think with Kyrie Spencer Dinwiddie and also as well Karis LeVert I think that makes up a good solid nucleus they have a nice all-around team outside of of course not having Kevin Durant in there but i think they're going to go ahead and finish right around the number four or number five slot i think i'm going to call them number four at this point in time toronto there's your world chance for you my friend because i think it's going to go down for them a little bit although they still have a respectable record the only reason i say that is because obviously when you get rid of such a talented figure such as Kawhi, also danny green has left town as well so those two are major factors as far as the overall defense and of course offensive efficiency That to me is going to be an issue going forward. And then if you have them anywhere near the 500 mark or not exactly at the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, they might trade off some of those assets like Ibaka and Gasol. I think they'll go ahead and trade off those assets, making them a less efficient team, but still worthy of making the playoffs. After that, in number six spot, you have Indiana. It's a quality team, but it's not a team that scares you. I don't think there's anything really on that team that's going to go ahead and scream out top of the food chain when it comes to the Eastern Conference, but still a team that's good enough to squeak in. Miami with Jimmy Butler, that's going to be just an interesting ride just to see what that alpha male is going to do now that he has his own team, now that he can't complain about being a number two or being ignored when it comes to the previous teams that he's on. It's good to see that Jimmy Butler will now finally have his own team on South Beach. And I see them Miami at number seven and at number eight. It's a team that I didn't hear you speak of, but I still think has enough talent to finally make that push into the playoff mix, the Chicago Bulls. I think they're just going to sneak in by the hair of their chinny chin chin when it comes to them making the playoffs in the eighth seed. Just ahead of teams like we've talked, like you talked about, Detroit and Atlanta. I know that's another team that's eyeing the playoffs. So I think they're going to go ahead and squeak in that eighth spot as well. So those are my picks in the Eastern Conference. When it comes to the top of the Eastern Conference, as you see the playoffs align, who do you think will come out on top in the Eastern Conference?
0: Um, I mean, I think clearly the two best teams are Philadelphia and Milwaukee. I think those are the two teams that, you know, have positioned themselves to be at the top. I think when the playoffs come, I think they have the most talent. I think they have the most camaraderie. When they play with each other. So I think it'll be those two. And I don't like the subtraction of Jimmy Butler. I, I think Milwaukee probably pulls it out in the season when in the Eastern Conference. That's how I see it.
1: That's actually a very good choice. You see Milwaukee there. I'm actually going to go a little differently. And the only reason why is because, as you saw in last year's playoffs with Giannis Antetokounmpo, he can be, if he doesn't have his shot working from the outside, which you and I both know has been a regular occurrence, he can be stopped in a playoff format because teams will scheme against him. And I think if there's any team scheme against him, is that big front line of Al Horford and Joel Embiid. So if they're healthy, I think they can scheme a good plan against Milwaukee strong enough to go ahead and move on into the Eastern Conference finals and beyond and become the Eastern Conference champion. I think there'll be one or two more tweaks that Philadelphia will do from now until the playoffs that will actually get them over the hump as far as to help shore up that bench and do things to get them in a position where they will be back in the finals so I'm looking forward to that I just like I said I think I think when it comes down to it Giannis going up against that massive front line of Horford and Embiid I th- you know provided they're healthy especially when it comes to Embiid will be I think a little bit too much to handle
0: yeah I because I, I, he's, a,
1: he's a penetrator Giannis is a right, penetrator right right but so me, especially you know, if his the shot four, isn't working.
0: If you move him to the four I'm against that lineup and they have to step out, the thing is, it, especially with Lopez, now the floor is spread. To me, you you can't – with the, the Al Horford addition, again, he's a year older. He's a year slower. You're, again, trying to play two bigs in, in today's NBA where everything's spread out. I think that can come back to haunt Philadelphia. And my problem with them this year, as opposed to last year, is who, who is your closer? Because your best player, yeah, he made a three in the preseason, but he can't shoot and he's reluctant to shoot. So when you got to get a basket, who are you going to go to? I don't really trust him in that sense. But the thing I do like that they did is the one guy who had given Jolen B. Fitz was Al Horford, and they removed him from the equation so that may come into play, but that that's – you lost J.J. Reddick, he's just – I don't see where they get the, the outside shooting from. They'll
1: but. have to trade for it. I, mean, I agree with you there. They'll have to trade for it. Josh Richardson has to be somewhat stable as an outside shooter. Tobias Harris has to be more of L.A. Clipper Tobias Harris than Philadelphia 76er Tobias Harris. He has to be worthy of that big contract he signed over the summer. So it has to be something where they have to be deep threats – that get the whole defense on the other side distracted. And when it comes to guarding Atentacumpo, Simmons can do an effective enough job to I think stave off that type of defense. Plus the guys can wall in, Joel Embiid can wall in that defense. And if you're talking about Brook Lopez on the outside, if you have Al Horford stay on the outside, you still have Joel Embiid down low to go ahead and take care of everything down there, provided, again, he's healthy and in shape to go ahead and, and be, of course, it through the playoffs. I think there's a lot of ifs, I agree with you, but I think that Philadelphia, to me, matches up in a playoff series, I think a little bit better by just a minute margin over Milwaukee, and I think they're gonna go ahead and go into the finals for the Eastern Conference. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way that's the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts my friend we're headed to the western conference (laughs) it's a stacked conference this it really took me a long time to think of my top eight for that conference it was really some tough sledding i'm going to give the pain over for you as far as the painful decisions that you will now have to make in the regular season for the Western Conference. And I know there'll be some teams that are going to be load managing and not have the kind of record that I think you and I think they would have. And there'll be other teams that are pining themselves for a Western Conference top seed. So I want to hear your thoughts because this is going to be very interesting on this loaded Western Conference where the top eight seeds will pan out.
0: So I actually see the Western Conference much like the Eastern Conference shaping out not in seeding, but just in who gets in pretty much the same way it did last year outside of, I think, Oklahoma City falls out. I think the Los Angeles Lakers jump in. And then I think Dallas will fight for that eighth seed. But as far as the seeding goes, I think Denver most likely ends up with the top seed. Having to play them, they, They're you know their style, having to play them up in Denver in that altitude, Coming off back to backs. That's usually how they get most of their wins in the regular season. They're still a young team, so they're about winning and getting seeding. So I think they'll be up there, number one. I think you'll see teams like, I think Houston will be up there as far as regular season wins. Then you have Portland. To me, Portland is the reverse of the Los Angeles Chargers. Like every year they pick the Chargers, and every year the Chargers disappoint. Every year they. I hear you on that one. And every year Portland makes the playoffs and they win 50 games or 49 games. And I think this year will be much the same. I think they'll win 50-plus games. I think they'll be a top-four seed. So I think they'll be up there. I think Utah, but you have teams like, you know, I think the the Clippers are going to win 55, 56, 57 games. So I think they'll be a top-four seed. The Lakers, I think, You'll, we'll see in like the fifth seed, simply because I don't know if I trust Anthony Davis to stay healthy if, if I expect him to mesh so early in the season. But I think it, the same thing with the Clippers is why I don't have them super high. You're missing Paul George for the first 10 games. They have to mesh. But these two are the teams that I expect once you get to half the season over, all-star break, it's when they turned it up and, and you'll see the difference regardless of the seeding and the rest of the year, or who are, who are at the top seeds. You'll see these guys, these teams that, you know, okay, they have a shot. They have a shot. So I have Denver, Houston, Portland Clippers Lakers. And then I have Utah golden state, San Antonio. And then I think, Dallas will fight San Antonio and Golden State for those last two spots. Very
1: interesting. Nice picks right there. I, I really like where your head is at, especially in the assessment that the Lakers and the Clippers come playoff time will prove to be two of the strongest teams out there at the Western Conference. I agree with your assessment on that i still think the clippers i think will load manage and i think also as well the fact that paul george missing at least the first 10 games i think that's going to be a little bit of a detraction for the start for the la clippers although we're talking semantics here my friend because vegas has five teams in the western conference winning over 50 games i agree with them on that assessment there will be five western conference teams over 50 wins I think you're talking about 50 to 55 wins for this entire next five that i have on my list so i'm going to start off in agreement 100 on number one i think denver will be first in the western conference just because they do have that unique denver home court advantage plus they have a team that's deep that is built for the regular season probably better than any other team outside of maybe milwaukee in the nba i think they just have Bodies they can throw at people night in, night out, that can produce at a quality level each and every night. I think number two is gonna be Utah. simply because they also have a kind of, not as much of a home court advantage as Denver, but they do play in altitude. And I think that also they have a team that has made some nice moves in the off season. So I think Utah does have a team that's also built very well for the regular season. Number three, I think, is the Los Angeles Lakers because I think they're going to be motivated, and provided they stay healthy. Again, that's a big if, and you're right with Anthony Davis. That's always a big if, IF, right there for you, that if he stays healthy, he could be in the running for the MVP along with LeBron. I think one of those two will actually, if not both, be very, very close to the MVP balloting although I don't think they'll both get it because I think they'll cancel each other out to some extent because I know Vegas has them both around 10-1 to for a reason. And if both play at their potential for 70-plus games, I think it could be something of a very special season for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think maybe one game or two games max behind them is the Los Angeles Clippers, and that's only because they're going to be gearing for the playoffs the whole season long. I think they're going to try and do what they can to rest George and rest Kawhi enough to give them the type of impetus for the playoffs mind you they will not have Kawhi outside of an injury having him rest 22 games like toronto did last season but i clearly see maybe 10 to 15 games in that range possibly and also george not only he will he miss the 10 games in the beginning of the season but you figure with load management in that's another five to ten right there for you so I think when it comes down to it, you're talking semantics between those four teams. But with the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, I see 52 to 54 wins from those two teams right there for you. Houston is going to be right on their heels, but that's going to be an experiment to see if Westbrook and Harden can really coalesce as a unit. I think it's going to be very fun for us to watch how many times Russell Westbrook is going to get mad at James Harden over the course of the season for James Harden dominating the ball. I think you and I, when we'll be watching the Houston Rockets, we're not going to be looking at Harden bouncing the ball for 23 seconds. We're going to be looking at Russell Westbrook to see just exactly how mad he's getting during the course of that time so be that as it may they're going to try a little bit of the it's your turn it's my turn it's your turn it's my turn type of deal from what i've seen in the preseason i think we're going to see more of that and that should be good for around the 50 win mark for the houston rockets number six it's going to be the portland trailblazers i know they've had some losses into their front line which are really hurt plus nurkic is out for an extended period of time and that's gonna really hurt them. I don't think Hassan Whiteside is going to be as good of a level of player for them. I think he's a pretty decent player. I think he has issues sometimes that get in the way. Just, check, you know, just ask Miami, but properly motivated. I think he can keep Portland at a level where they're in the hunt as far as for a fifth or sixth playoff season. So I see them coming out in six at this point in time. Number seven is your Golden State Warriors. That have seen a lot of hard times, but if we see an MVP caliber year from Stephen Curry, I mean, he will carry. He, you know, he's only six three, but he's going to actually carry the entire team on his back as he goes ahead and takes the team all the way to the playoffs. You're going to see one of the best regular season performances, maybe outside of James Harden, that we've seen in a while. Because if he stays healthy, Stephen Curry will carry this team to a playoff seed, no matter how bad you and I think the rest of the team is because it gets pretty thin as you and I have seen over the course of the preseason so far. So it's just amazing. So, oh, we got some comments. Daniel G, Anthony Davis, the greatest of all time. I don't know about that, but he's gonna have a very good season provided he stays healthy. But thank you, Daniel G for the comment. Getting back to what I was talking about as far as for the number seven seed, like I said, Golden State and number eight, I know a lot of people are thinking maybe in the San Antonio Spurs. I know you said the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm, I'm going to say, you know what? Let's go ahead for a laugh, my friend. Let's go ahead and complete the trek upwards because we've had a lot of laughs at his expense. But Team Vlade, the Sacramento Kings, let's go ahead and sneak them in at number eight just because the triumvirate of De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, And Marvin Bagley III, those three are really good. They are young, they are energetic, and they will provide Sacramento, I think, the impetus to get over the hump and become a playoff seed. Mind you, they're going to be first-round fodder for whoever comes up as far as in first, which we both think is Denver. But I think the Sacramento Kings will pull off the miracle in many, many years for that organization and hit the number eight spot. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Those are some thoughts in regards to what we think is going to be the playoff seeding, as far as the top eight is concerned, but seeing that how we laid it out, we both talked about the Lakers and the Clippers having those teams that match up well in a seven game series. They're not exactly maybe the teams that they're going to be geared for a top seed one or two in the Western conference, but they're more aligned with probably trying to go ahead and move forward in the playoffs. I see both having a very long run of the playoffs, but I want to hear your thoughts on exactly who will come out in the Western conference.
0: In the Western conference, I mean, I I really think it boils down to as many games that will be won by some of these teams. When you look at the rosters, you look at the playoff experience and, and, and the way they're set up for the playoffs. I only see a handful of teams, you know, in the Western conference and that's the Clippers. And that's the Lakers. I mean, those are two teams I really see in the Western Conference. Unless Denver, you know, one of those young players realizes some kind of potential ascended saying level and just pushes them over the top. I I see, it, you know, either the Lakers or the Clippers. If, If the Lakers are healthy, I think that's the one question mark you have. You know, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. I'm not worried about LeBron, but those guys have been injured a lot of their careers and mostly of late. So, you know, I just like
1: my finger. I'm out five games.
0: (laughs) And it is, I mean, with the Clippers, I mean, you know, Kawhi's had some trouble, Paul George, but I think, you know, they'll, they'll manage them and they'll be ready for the playoffs. Their defense will be there. So I think those are the two teams that can really vie for the top spot in the West after the playoffs. And it's kind of a flip of of the coin. So I'm going to go with the Clippers, not because I'm a Clipper fan, but because I don't know if I necessarily trust Anthony Davis to be healthy through the playoffs. I kind of felt like how I felt as much as I love the guy about Blake when he was with the Clippers. is like, is he going to be healthy when the playoff time comes? Even if he makes it through the regular season, it always seemed like when the playoffs came, something would happen and now you got to go games with either him not playing or him being limited and i think that really takes from what you're able to do so with that i'm going to give this the, the slight nod to the clippers but i do think both of those teams are very close in being able to chance to compete for a championship
1: my friend it was always funny when we would see blake griffin from the beginning of this season You know how he was going ahead and having his uniform to the end of the season where all the injuries started to crew up and he looked like a human bandage and Mm. it just looked like he was wrapped up from head to toe especially when he went over to detroit man, it was a i don't know how he's going to be able to make each season the way he does but he tries and gets it through and all props to him all these moves when it concerns the blake griffin deal and other deals that they've made let's give the clippers all the props that they deserve They've been very astute in as far as how they went about their business. They've obviously got a team that can compete for the finals. I think in the playoffs, when it comes down to it, you're exactly right. It'll come down to the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. And I know you don't say that out of favoritism per se, because you've been hard on the Clippers before in our past conversations, let's Mm -hmm. put that out there. You've been very harsh on the Clippers before and the team you love. And it's always hard when you go ahead and criticize the team you love because you know in your heart you want them to do so well. I, and I do try to say this as best I can, but if they are healthy, I think the Lakers will go all the way as far as the Western Conference is concerned because of the fact that in a playoff series, if both the Lakers and the Clippers are healthy, the Lakers with that front line... I think is something that the Clippers as of yet barring an unexpected move, although that could change with a trade at the trade deadline. I think the front line of the Lakers is just a little bit too much. Uh, But again, if Anthony Davis five games out, 10 games out, we've seen it before. You don't have very much confidence in that. I'm not exactly super 100% confident right now in that either. So I'm kind of concerned about that as well. But if they're both healthy enough, come playoff time and you have your big two versus the big two i think i'm going to go ahead and squeak the la lakers in a seven game series which would be awesome for the city of los angeles either which way the clippers or the lakers winning it would just be truly awesome to see in a in a western conference final because i think they both match up better for the playoffs than any other teams in the western conference and i see the lakers going ahead just by the narrow of a seven games maybe just like a kawai shot in reverse <laughs> time you know as he walks off the court against philadelphia it'll turn around maybe lebron or an ad doing the same thing to him at this point in time but you know either which way it's going to be a great series i think western conference finals with the lakers do going ahead and advancing in the western conference finals to the nba finals so that comes to the nba finals i got to hear your thoughts who you have? Milwaukee versus the Clippers. I have Philadelphia versus the Lakers. Where's Allen Iverson when you need him? But, anyways, (laughs) your thoughts on an NBA Finals between the Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks? What do you have?
0: Between the Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks, I would have to go with the Clippers. I think, like you said, the thing with Giannis is his lack of shooting allows you to play a certain style of defense against him and and game plan against him, wall him off, and make other guys have to beat you. And then when you couple that with the perimeter defense that the Clippers are going to have with Patrick Beverly and Kawhi and Paul George, I think it'll, it'll be too much for Giannis by himself. I know they have Chris Middleton, but I don't think they have enough. Middleton
1: has not proven himself in the playoffs. Middleton is not someone who has proven himself.
0: And, and, and again, Middleton's not a guy who creates his own shot. You know, he's not that type of a player or creates for others. So um, I don't think he, in that regard, takes some of the, you know, he's able to take the pressure off of Giannis. I think Eric Bledsoe has that capability as far as handling the ball and, and, and driving, you know, drive-kick game. But I just don't think they have. I'm I'm always more partial to teams with multiple guys that can get you, that can win a game for you. And to me, Giannis is their guy to that can win a game for them. But I think the Clippers have more guys that can win a game, that can go off for thirty in a game, or you know have a quarter where you know they just take over a game. And so I give them the nod. I think the Clippers would win it in six.
1: The Clippers have. Multiple individuals that can take over game like you indicated, whether it's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or even Lou Williams, who can take over a quarter for a period of time as long as you don't ask him to play defense. Meanwhile, the rest of the team can play defense. Landry Shamit can go ahead and shoot from the outside. You have Montrez Harrow, who, if he can really get going on the pick and roll game, can do a nice job as well. So you have all those facets, making them a quality team and a very good choice for your nba champion and yes there is some favoritism between what you and i say as far as me for the lakers you for the clippers but we have over the years been hard on both organizations so i think we can say with confidence that choice of yours is very astute And i think yes even though you are a huge clippers fan you can detach yourself enough to say hey i'm looking at this thing overall and i see the clippers going all the way so i definitely understand that with milwaukee Another reason why I didn't put them in the finals was because I think that loss of Malcolm Brogdon will hurt them very much. I think he was their version of Fred Van Vliet, who is someone during the course of playoffs can hit you a number of threes over the course of time. He can get very hot because he's a very good shooter from deep, and I think not having him there in the lineup during a playoff crunch time is going to hurt Milwaukee overall. So I want to go ahead and talk about my NBA Finals prediction right now, And that's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they're going to go ahead and that one-two punch of Anthony Davis and LeBron James is going to go ahead and overcome anything that the Philadelphia 76ers can throw at them. So I think at this point in time, the Los Angeles Lakers are my pick because provided they are healthy, and again, you've said it best, provided they're healthy, that's a big if. I think that if is going to be answered. I think they're both motivated to be healthy this year especially with AD going on a contract year and LeBron on a redemption year. I think you have all these things aligned and the Lakers are going to probably tweak the roster a couple times more, just enough to go ahead and put it out on top. Well, all right, my friend, those are our predictions on the NBA season. A couple last questions on the way out and that is your choices for the MVP, rookie of the year, and sixth man before we head on out.
0: My rookie of the year is I... uh... I know he's a little banged up right now. He's He's out six
1: to eight weeks.
0: And and I still think – I think actually he'll be back sooner than that. I know that's the early prognosis, but I don't think he'll be out that long. I think maybe he'll miss for, you know, a month. But I I think not only stats-wise as far as total stats, but when he gets there – what he can do on the court I, and i think couple with your your guy uh Alonzo ball is really gonna be help him in, and he's not there by himself i think he'll average yeah,
1: he's new game. orleans guy now he he's no longer our guy Him and bb they're uh, long gone yeah. just like the site itself it's long gone yeah. it's long he, gone
0: he actually looks a lot better man so far in the preseason i think he'll have a, a really solid year but i think zion will uh, average you know, 19 points a game, eight boards. I think he'll block shots. I think he'll do a whole lot for that franchise in, in his first year. I think he'll be the rookie of the year. He'll have all the the accolades and everything. I think he's a clear-cut favorite. My sixth man of the year, I think it'll come down to a few people. Again, you got Lou Williams, who seems like he's there every year. Montrez, again, I think he'll be in it. A, a nod to Michael Porter Jr., in Denver that's um, uh, essentially a first year player uh, but I, I'm gonna give it to Montrez this year unless they figure they want to start him which I don't think they will I think he'll he might start you know during the Paul George absence but I think he'll go back to the bench and he'll get a lot more easy role opportunities so I'm gonna give it to Montrez and in my MVP My MVP is going to be between three people. It'll be between Giannis again, LeBron, and Steph. If Steph can somehow have the kind of year where they win games cuz I'm not underestimating DeAngelo Russell in with that team. I think he's a good player. It's can he play off the ball comfortably? But if Steph can have the kind of year where he averages 30 points and shoots, you know, 50-40-90 again and and gets him in the top four seat, then I think he he can definitely be the MVP. And then, you know, I, and LeBron is my last one. I think you could see LeBron actually average a, a double-double this year. And he's, I mean, he's always going to average 25-plus points. That's just, he's just, you know, he always gets to knock that he's not a scorer, even though he'll end his career as the greatest scorer of all time. But he'll average twenty five plus points. I can see him averaging eleven assists with his team. When you got guys like Anthony Davis, JaVel McGee, Dwight, who he can just throw the ball up at the rim and they'll and they'll get wide open shots. Can do you guys have enough shooting to get to knock down open jumpers when he passes? But I, I can see him averaging twenty five and eleven. So I think he'll be in it too. I'm gonna say though that. Giannis will probably win it again. Regular season, big numbers, 60 wins. So I can definitely see him winning it again. My picks,
1: real quick, are as follows six man. Six man, I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma because if he stays as six man, I think he's going to provide enough points to get people talking about him and the Kyle Kuzma brand and the Puma and the Puzma and all that stuff and, and all that. But Uh, I think that when you have two very good players like Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, I think it's going to be always tough to keep on voting for one of those two because they will always do so well that they kind of split votes in a way. But Lou Williams has been been managed to do such a great job as six man. Uh, You know, he possibly could be six man again because this could be a situation where he really could do well one more time for the Clippers. But I think Kyle Kuzma, if he scores around 18 points a game, will be in the hunt. You have for rookie of the year, because like I said, Zion is out six to eight weeks. If it's not Zion, who I think it will actually be because that just tells you how bad the rookie class is. It's gonna be John Morant. That would probably be my pick as far as for a second on that. But if not, it will be Zion. I think, you know, you could be out three months for all I know, for all I care, you know, at that point in time, you're still, he's gonna come back with such a fervor that, you know what, it's just his to lose. I don't think that changes the odds one bit. Yeah, he's out 6 to 8 weeks. But I think they are going to make it the full 8 weeks because I think the organization's going to take it very slow with him. They're going to be very careful. He's going to be like on tissues. They're actually going to go ahead. The general manager is going to go ahead uh, New Orleans David Griffith. He's going to actually go down and make sure that, you know, he's he's walking on air mattresses to make sure that he stays comfortable that he because of the future is so bright for him and they want to make sure that he he his knee is in a 100% tip-top shape. For MVP, I think you hit it right on the head. If the Warriors are in the top four, it's because of Steph Curry. That's because Steph Curry has an MVP season. But if they're not in the top four, which I don't think they are, I think you're going to have to go ahead and... uh, I'm going to have to probably say it's going to be Giannis again. If not, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and then Kawhi Leonard, and then the duo in Los Angeles of lebron and ad i think they're all going to be in their mix provided all of them are healthy i think Jokic of denver is also got to be a great choice that a lot of people aren't talking about as much so he's someone that if the team goes to 60 wins that he definitely has to be up there in the top three picks as well so so there's some things to think about when it comes to the nba season you've been great as always my friend i definitely oh, go ahead dark, dark horse candidate luka Doncic. there you go if i think he's a year through- away, I think he's a year away. Yeah. I think he's a year away, but definitely the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to be an outstanding player. And a lot of free agents will start looking towards Dallas as far as a destination in the coming years. That's for sure. Just because of the things that he can do on the court. But it is, my friend, Anthony Barberin. It's once again our yearly picks on the NBA. Any last thoughts on the way out?
0: No, I'm excited, man. We're one day away. Games. You know, season starts tomorrow. It's going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable. I think for the first time in a long time, I mean, we really don't have any big threes. You know, we get parity. We get teams that anybody can really challenge. I mean, even though we, we have our picks and our, you know, our guesses at who are going to be the real, real contenders. But, I mean, with two, you know, most teams having two stars instead of three, three and four, you know it, it, it it's wide open and it's going to be a very very interesting season and I, i'll probably watch more games in total than i've watched in a few years so i'm excited
1: it will be an exciting season for the first time in a long time you and i don't have to go ahead and repeat same old same old golden state golden state golden state it is going to be a season that there's going to be a lot of contenders Flying for that Larry O'Brien trophy come next June. So it's going to be something very interesting to see. And you and I will actually go ahead and throughout the season, check in from time to time. I want to hear your thoughts on the season as it progresses, as the major news comes out, not only as far as for the trade deadline, but over the course of the season, I want to check in with you because it's just always so great to talk to you. Clippers fan aside, you and I will be, Just happy to see our teams at a level where they can go ahead and now truly have a battle for LA for the first time in seemingly forever. They can truly compete at a level commensurate to each other. It's always been one or the other for the past 10, 15 years. And now finally, we can say that the battle for LA can truly begin. My friend, it's always great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. And I'm looking forward to have you back on again, right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.